0: News. Welcome to the Golden Black Radio pregame show as we get you set for Saturday's kickoff. Now here's your host, Kyle Charter. Purdue has to take care of its own business first as the Boilermakers
1: host Northwestern and ross Stadium Saturday. Purdue needs a couple of wins for a share of the Big Ten West title, then some help if it's to play in Indianapolis for a conference championship. We'll break all of that down on Gold and Black Radio. Kyle Chargers here. With Tom Dean Hart, we'll have Alan Karpik by to talk a little bit more about the Big Ten and the series history with Northwestern. Uh, all right, uh, Tom, uh, as I said, first things first for Purdue. It needs a victory against Northwestern. Purdue is a near three touchdown favorite in this game. Uh, you would expect that the Boilermakers would have a, a good opportunity to uh, to beat up on a Northwestern team that has really struggled here over the past few months.
2: How much fights left in this team, Kyle? They've lost nine games in a row. you got to go all the way back to like August 27th, Ireland, to find the last time Northwestern won a game. Of course, they beat Nebraska overseas, so they're still winless in North America in 2022. And again, Kyle, they're not circling the the drain. They are in the drain as we speak. You wonder, again, how much fight they have left. It's going to be cold. They really have nothing to play for. So, yeah, I mean, they look like they're primed to, to take another fall, but you know, Jeff Rom is still awfully, uh, awfully worried. Uh, I guess there's always a chance Purdue could lose this game. And as we've seen, Kyle, every Saturday across every season, crazy, crazy outcomes unfold before our very eyes we never anticipated. So I guess there is a possibility. But again, it would be just a, 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 an iconic face plan if the should somehow lose this game. You <laughs> think
1: iconic face plan is a good way to put it. I think coaches are, are paid millions and millions of dollars to worry all the time. So not surprising that Jeff Brom is, is worried. Purdue uh, played a, a good football game last week in a victory against Illinois, recovering after back-to-back losses. There were a lot of things uh, that Purdue did well that you would hope Tom then would carry over to this week against Northwestern.
2: Yeah. Beginning with running the football, right? Sticking the ball in number five's gut and letting him do his thing. I mean, Devin Mockaby is the real deal. That was his fourth 100-yard rushing game of the season, Kyle. <clears throat> over 700 yards rushing with three games to go. When you count the bowl game, you should get to 1,000. Of course, the last back to do that was Corey Sheets way back in 2008 when you were sitting in the press box typing on your, your Tandy Radio Shack computer filing stories. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, again, run the ball. That was a good, uh, another good development Jeff Rahm stuck uh, stuck with, with Devin Mockaby and Aiden O'Connell, I thought, was back on track, right? Thought uh, he had had a couple rough games at Wisconsin and Iowa, hit some big passes, The touchdown touched down to Charlie Jones. You saw Payne Durham reemerge with a couple big TD catches. And how about the defense, Kyle? We heard so much about Chase Brown all last week. Doesn't even get 100 yards. First time he's held under 100 for the season. So we saw that run defense, which had been gassed by the Badgers and Hawkeyes, step back up against. Again, a uh, an Illinois running game that was pretty formidable.
1: Yeah, it seems like with Devin Mockaby, we might see a healthy amount of him uh, on Saturday and maybe here over the last couple of weeks. I mean, the the forecast, and we'll hear from Lisa Montgomery here in a couple of minutes. Uh, the forecast is not good for Saturday. It's going to be very cold, uh, very cold uh, once again. And uh, so, you know, maybe with Maccabee and those kind of conditions against uh, a defense this week, and then a defense in Indiana next week that I think are two of the worst three teams in the Big Ten in terms of rushing yards allowed. It seems to me that uh, Maccabi might even get a thousand yards here over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but Purdue should be balanced again on offense, I would expect, um, because that might be the best avenue for Purdue to get a couple of victories.
2: Yeah, you're right, and um, again that was a good elixir for the offense in Champaign last week. Again, that was an Illinois defense strike number one in America in total defense, number one in rushing defense. I think it was number one in pass defense, number four in rush defense. So again, they, they uh, had good balance against that defense. And you'd think it could carry over against defense, which you described again, is not so good for Northwestern. I'm um, struggling. They got me 31 to three last week at Minnesota. The Gophers were playing a backup quarterback. So, um, yeah, you think maybe this is a laughathon, Kyle? Maybe the backup long snapper gets in this game. It's an empty the bench kind of a ball game. Perhaps uh, I know the coach Brown wouldn't want to hear me say that, but it could shape up to be that. And and boy, if that happens, Kyle, I mean, um, you check another box if you're Purdue and, and you're a step closer, maybe, to getting Indianapolis. So yeah, I mean, th- th- there's a lot to be excited about heading into this game on Saturday. What does Northwestern do well Tom what are they, what are they <laughs> got going for them? Evan Hall's a pretty good running back he's a tough guy he's not going to run away from you more of a army boot guy between the tackles running back who you know maybe they can get some traction with him maybe they can control the ball maybe they get first downs keep the ball away from Purdue I mean that I think that's one possibility if you're Northwestern they've got a top 10 NFL draft pick at left offensive tackle. Peter Skoranek, who's an outland trophy finalist, as always just announced this week. Uh, he's a big time player. But honestly, those are the two biggest things they've got going for them. There's nothing on defense that really stands out. Last week in, in Minneapolis, they played four quarterbacks. They've had some injuries. Uh, not really sure who's going to take snaps on Saturday. <clears throat> not that it may really matter. So again, um, just some 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 real disarray under center for the Wildcats as they come into Ross Stadium.
1: Purdue's a little bit uh, beat up coming out of the game against Illinois, particularly on defense, and particularly if you break it down even more at linebacker.
2: Uh, how do you think Purdue will be from a health perspective on Saturday? Yeah, pretty thin at linebacker. Um, Jeff Rahm said on Thursday, Clyde Washington, a reserve will linebacker, is out for the rest of the season. I believe you he heard an ankle at Illinois. Kieran Douglas was helped off the field. Uh, with what looked like a right leg injury to me, but could put no weight on it. Jeff Rom said he's a game-time decision. I was surprised to hear that. I thought maybe Kieran was out. but So maybe Kieran Douglas plays. we uh, will be interested to, to monitor that. And up front, Kyle, <clears throat> the best defensive tackle, Branson Dean, is a game-time decision. I believe he had a high ankle sprain. Remember, he got hurt, sadly, came back in and played the game and finished and played well. I guess maybe post-game there was some swelling. Who knows? But he's supposedly a game-time decision. So, yeah, those are the guys to watch. Again, the linebackers in particular, they could be thin if Douglas can't go. I expect Jacob Wahlberg to start at Mike Linebacker. Of course, O.C. Brothers is your number one will. Then that's where things start getting interesting, Kyle, the the backups. Um, Samisi Fakasieki could help you at both spots. You know, Kyle, they may have to play guys like Ben Kryle and Yanni Karloftis. Um, possibly. So again, uh, that, that LB spot is one to, certainly to watch.
1: All right, let's take a break. We'll bring in uh, Lisa here get her forecast for Saturday, then Tom's conversation with Louis Bacare to get uh, a wildcat perspective of things that is coming up next. This is golden black radio.
2: Hey, this is Storm Team 18 meteorologist Lisa Montgomery. It's going to be a very cold and windy afternoon as the Boilermakers take on the Wildcats. Kickoff at noon will be cloudy and cold with a temp of 29 degrees. Winds will be gusty out of the southwest, gusting up to 36 miles per hour, so producing wind chills in the low teens and the single digits. Staying cold and windy till the end of the game with a high of only 32 degrees by 4 o'clock. Grab that winter coat, hat and gloves, and some hot chocolate as you cheer on Purdue. Let's get that win. Go Boilermakers. I'm Storm Team 18, meteorologist Lisa Montgomery.
3: Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker
4: Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the Ordinary at the Whitaker Inn.
1: When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-587-3185 to talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-587-3185.
0: It's time to break it down as we go in-depth about Purdue's opponent.
2: Hey, really pleased to be joined by the definitive expert on Northwestern athletics, the great Louis Vacare. WildcatReport.com. Louis is a good man. Again, knows NU like nobody else I know walking the globe. And going to drop some knowledge on us, Louis. Let's jump right in, my friend. Tell Purdue fans, what they can expect from this Northwestern
4: offense. I know there've been a lot of
2: issues this year.
4: Yeah, not a lot. I can tell you that. I was, I was just looking up the numbers. They are now ranked 128th in scoring offense at 15.3 points a game. So that's, that's not very good. They're coming off of a three point performance against Minnesota. They've been under 300 yards of total offense the last three weeks. And on top of that, the starting quarterback, Brendan Sullivan, uh, left the game with an injury. And then uh, Ryan Holinsky, who started the season as a starter and now is the backup. He looked like he had a pretty serious leg injury. He went out, so Northwestern actually played four quarterbacks on Saturday, which is never a good sign. So uh, right now I'm not expecting a whole lot from Northwestern offensively. I mean, they've been really struggling for the past several weeks, and I expect it to continue. They are really looking for something, whether it's the running game, the passing game, something to hang their hand on, and uh, it just hasn't happened for them all season.
2: Defensively, Louie, what can we anticipate to see from Pat Fitzgerald's crew? Yeah,
4: Northwestern has played pretty well the last couple of weeks. I mean, their problem most of the season has been big plays, but they've kind of cut that out the last couple of weeks. They've been a lot more solid, a lot more sound. Um, but you know Minnesota cranked up that ground game and uh, they ran for over 300 yards and you know I think I think they had 64 yards passing or something like that because they didn't have to uh, throw the ball at all. They just control the clock. They had the ball for over 40 minutes and uh, they just kind of pushed Northwestern around. Um, Northwestern has you know struggled defensively too. I think they are they're in the 80s in total defense and scoring defense and. Um, again, they, they were victimized by big plays, but lately it's been more of the running game. It was kind of the same thing we saw last year where they get uh, moved off the line of scrimmage and teams are able to control the clock and uh, run the ball on them pretty effectively. Now, I know Purdue's not, that's not Purdue's game plan, but, um, you know, a lot of teams have been successful against Northwestern with that.
2: Okay, Louie, I think Purdue's about a 17, 18-point favorite. Wildcats are in the midst of a nine-game losing streak, still have not won on American soil. Real quick, so how do you see this game unfolding Saturday, high noon, Eastern time in ross Stadium?
4: Yeah, I'm not very optimistic in terms of uh, Northwestern's performance. I just can't see them scoring enough. Um, I think the defense might be able to keep them in the game for a little while. And if maybe if Purdue turns the ball over a couple times, they'll be able to hang in for a little bit. But in the end, I don't think that offense is going to score many points. And Purdue eventually will kind of wear them down. And, you know, I, th- I think Purdue especially will be able to hit them with a big play or two, and the game will get away from them. So I, I would expect it will be something something. something around, you know, I don't know, 28 to 7, something like that, that I don't think Northwestern will get more than a score
2: or two. All right. You heard it from Louis Vacare, wildcatreport.com, part of the Rivals Network. Thank you very much for uh, enlightening us on, on Northwestern, Louis.
4: Well, thanks for having me, Tom. Appreciate it.
1: At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship, a relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner
0: for life. Federally insured by NCUA. Broadcasting from Golden Black World Headquarters, north of Purdue's campus, this is the Golden Black Radio Pregame Show. All right,
1: let's bring back in Tom to get his perspective on the weekend. The Big Ten West, maybe the bowl picture as well. Brian Newbert is a little bit under the weather today, so we'll uh, we'll talk to Tom here as he jumps in. Uh, Purdue needs some help on Saturday, or at least here over the next couple of weeks, but it seems most likely that uh, if Purdue is to get help, it could come on Saturday as Minnesota hosts Iowa uh minnesota last i saw was a two and a half point favorite i think the line started it at three points getting the the home three uh that could be a game up there what's the over under i wonder probably somewhere in the 30s it might end up being like a 10 to 9 game the weather here is going to be cold and the twin cities uh colder i would suspect (laughs) uh what do you think we'll see uh up there with the four o'clock eastern start in minneapolis
2: yeah, it's gonna be very interesting, like you said. Four PM uh, Eastern Time kickoff the battle for Floyd of Rosedale. And uh Kyle, there is no love lost between these two programs. A lot of hate, a lot of vitriol, and that extends to coaches. You know, anybody who's who's monitored this this rivalry from afar, you know, knows PJ Fleck and, and Kirk Ferentz are not um are not you know real good buddies, so to speak. So and, and as you said, Kyle, Purdue needs the Gophers to win. Uh, and, of course, Purdue has to win out against Northwestern and Indiana. So this is really it because Iowa's last game is at home, uh, the Black Friday game against Nebraska. We all know how bad Nebraska is. So there's no way the Huskers would beat Iowa in Iowa City. So this is the game Purdue has to hope the Hawkeyes lose. And, again, if they lose up there and Purdue can win against the Wildcats and win against the Hoosiers, they are going to Indianapolis to play for the Big Ten Championship. Now, Iowa, Kyle, the other Big Ten West team with the best shot, needs to win out. And they, they're the, the thing that's out of their control is they need Illinois to lose a game because they lost to Illinois. And, of course, the Illini play at Michigan Saturday. And, I, of course, that's a game almost assuredly Illinois will lose. So it's setting up pretty good for Iowa, too.
1: The big personnel question for Minnesota is the health of – of Tanner Morgan, it sounds like he will be a a game time decision there. And the hours before that kickoff up in in Minneapolis seems to me that if the Gophers are going to win, they need Tanner Morgan out there.
2: Yeah. You know, uh, if they played the redshirt freshman last week and, uh, that was against Northwestern course they won pretty handily in 31 to three. Um, but, yeah, there's no doubt. You're going to have to hit some passes to beat this very good Iowa defense. Maybe the best defense in the Big Ten. You think Morgan, with being a six-year senior, obviously has the experience and we best equipped to do that. But, you know, just communicating with some of the beat writers up there this week, they, 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 they didn't think it was going to be that big of a deal if Morgan played or if he didn't. I think the big key for from, from Minnesota is, is Mo Ibrahim. If, if he can run the football, he, he's – He's terrific, you know, one of the best running backs of the Big Ten if not the nation has a string of, what, 10 or 11 hundred-yard rushing games in a row. If they get traction against that good defense of Iowa's, they're probably going to win. It won't matter who the quarterback is. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I, I, I'm like you. I would feel better if it was Morgan. But I don't cover the team. Uh, but it's a, it's going to be a big ball game, And never before, Kyle, so many Purdue fans become Minnesota Gopher fans in a 24-hour period here. Yeah, row the boat, right? Uh, row the boat
1: <laughs> row the boat um all right let's lay this scenario out purdue wins minnesota wins what is that atmosphere going to be like down in bloomington two days after thanksgiving if purdue is going to indiana with a chance not only to win the big
2: 10 west but a chance to get into the big 10 championship game could be like a de facto Purdue home game, right? I mean, Thanksgiving weekend, it's an easy trip to Bloomington for all those Purdue fans who live in Indianapolis or even in the New Purdue County area. So it could be, a, again, like a festive atmosphere that's almost like a Purdue home game. If that much is riding on the line, they could overtake Memorial Stadium down there. They got a lot of shades of, what, the 2000 bucket game in Ross Stadium, right? You were probably at that one. Oh, yeah. The Montreal Low game when Purdue won to clinch the Rose Bowl berth. Well, this 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 game, Kyle, would be every bit as big, I think. A Rose Bowl bid is not on the line, obviously. But a <clears throat> chance to at least play in the Big Ten championship game would be an epic feather in the cap for Jeff Brom and Purdue football program. So it would be one of the biggest games in Purdue history, I think. I don't believe that's an overstatement. So, yeah, it could be a lot of fun, a lot of pressure too, Kyle, right? A lot of pressure. You, gotta, oh, yeah. you got the, the Big Ten, maybe the Big Ten West birth title birth on the line you're playing your rival on their field and you know kyle you know tom allen those hoosiers would love nothing more than to ruin Purdue's chances with an epic you know upset victory on that day if they, if they, if they could pull it off
1: yeah that would become a dangerous a dangerous day uh, more so than what i feel like it is right now because Indiana's really scuffling i'm not sure indiana has the talent to beat purdue but uh, if 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 it's a game with that kind of uh, uh, impact, that kind of uh, you know upset and what that would mean to Purdue, man, Indiana would be ready to go, no doubt.
2: Yeah, think of the stakes. Remember this? I, I remember the the nineteen eighty nine game. Not, not to go way back. In history, oh yeah. But remember that? I mean, there was no way Purdue was going to win that game, Kyle. Right? Well, they no. they 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 not only won, they ruined IU's chances to go to a bowl, and they trashed Anthony Thompson's Heisman Trophy hopes. Yeah. So again, you just never know in these crazy rivalries what can happen. Yeah.
1: All right. So the bowl picture: uh, Ohio State, Michigan. The winner, likely of that game, then goes on to win the Big Ten championship, goes to the college football playoffs. The loser, uh, probably to the Rose Bowl, though I suppose they could still get in to the yeah. playoffs. But let's say they get into the the Rose Bowl. Then what happens after that? In your opinion?
2: Yeah, again, I think you make a good point both those teams could make the playoff, Kyle, if it's a close game. If, if Michigan or Ohio State loses a close game, boy, again, uh, there could be a chance the Big Ten gets two in. But at that, like you said, at least they're going to get one in. Michigan or the loser, wherever that is, probably goes to the Rose Bowl. Then, I think if you're a Purdue fan, you hope Penn State, the quote-unquote third-best team in the Big Ten, gets a New Year's Six Bowl bid. And I've seen a lot of projections, Kyle, that have them playing in the Cotton Bowl against Central Florida. So that if that happens, that pushes you know the, the the bowl selections up for all the other Big Ten teams and, and and it probably creates a better chance for Purdue to maybe get one of those sweet Florida bowl spots in Tampa or Orlando. So I'm sure a lot of the listeners check those bowl projections by Jerry Palm and, and, and Brett McMurphy and, and those types, and probably have seen Purdue in Tampa or Orlando. So I think that's probably a, a good opportunity. I think the competition for those bowl spots would be between Iowa, Illinois, and Purdue. If for some reason Purdue does not land in, in in the Sunshine State, you know, looks like Charlotte, North Carolina, the Duke Mayo Bowl against an ACC team is a good possibility. If not there, Kyle, maybe the Penn Stripe Bowl in less than balmy New York City. It could be another possibility as well.
1: I want to see Jeff Brown get his head dunked in Mayo after a Duke <laughs> Mayo Bowl victory. That'd be Sure he'd be excited about that.
2: I wouldn't want to be the guy trying to do it.
1: No. No, not at <laughs> all. <laughs> all right. Thanks. Me, we'll bring you back here that. in a minute and uh talk some matchups and predictions as well. Take care, buddy. All right, uh, let's take a break. We'll come back uh, with more. You're listening to Golden Black Radio. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East End Grill. Industrial and classic, the restaurant is built like a steakhouse but handles like a bistro. East End Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish and steaks, and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event at the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. East End Grill and downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table.
0: What else is going on around the league? Let's take a look. It's the Big Ten Roundup.
1: Let's bring in Alan Carpenter to talk a little bit of Big Ten football in the second-to-last weekend of the season. Let's check out five games other than the one that we will be watching in West Lafayette, including a big one in Ann Arbor. Number three, Michigan hosting uh, the Fighting Illini, who have lost two straight, including to Purdue last weekend. Michigan is an 18-point favorite in this one. Obviously, uh, Illinois has a lot to play for still. I think everyone – Literally, Alan, everyone is counting this as an Illinois loss and sort of uh, disregarding the Illini when it comes to the race now in the Big Ten West, which is hard to believe considering they were sort of a leader only a couple of weeks ago. But this seems like a pretty big uphill climb for the Illini.
3: Yeah, no question. I mean, I think that uh, it does make it a little bit dangerous if you're Michigan. You know, Michigan has not thrown the football very well. J.J. Uh, McCarthy has kind of struggled to some extent over the last several weeks, and and the formula seems to me, now Purdue did not throw for 400 yards, but did throw for an efficient 237, Aiden O'Connell did, seems to me that that is, you know, the last two weeks in, Ohio, in Illinois' troubles losing to Michigan State and to Purdue that passing offenses gave the Illini a little more trouble. Still, I don't see Michigan losing this game, but it could be tighter. Uh, And, of course, obviously a big factor is Chase Brown's relative health. Can he run the football? Purdue held him under 100 yards. Michigan has got a much more staunch defense than Purdue does, though Purdue played well last week in the right uh, situation. I think Michigan has enough to get through it, but I think it could be a dangerous game, and that that line might be a little tighter uh, than predicted. Another noon kick uh, on Saturday. Wisconsin. Traveling to Nebraska,
1: the Badgers still looking for bowl eligibility. They are five hundred. Nebraska is not. Uh, they seem to be playing out the string. Uh, Wisconsin, a favorite by by ten and a half. I, I would imagine the Badgers are, are able to go to Nebraska. Just it seems like a team that has just given up uh, a little bit. the The curious thing for me is what happens with the Cornhuskers here in a couple of weeks. Like, what yeah. direction do they go from a coaching hire? It just just seems like sort of still a mystery to me.
3: It is a mystery, and I think they're in a, in a whole lot of limbo, at least from uh, maybe our collective perspectives. Uh, it it does seem that way. You know, Nebraska's defense has been good enough at times. It wasn't all that good in ross Stadium, but uh, Purdue did throw for a lot of yards in that game. Wisconsin hasn't been very good on the road, but I'm not sure it matters. I still think Wisconsin's got motivation, obviously, for bowl but also Jim Leonard wants to prove um, both coaches in this game want to prove that they belong. But Mickey Joseph is not trending in the right direction, uh, one would think, at Nebraska. So I think Wisconsin will get through this game. Uh, won't be pretty. It never is, it seems like, anymore. The only pretty game Wisconsin played this year was against Purdue, uh, <laughs> sadly for Purdue fans. But yeah. uh, it's. It, I think that Wisconsin gets the job done at Nebraska.
1: Noon kickoff in East Lansing, Indiana travels to take on the Michigan State uh, Spartans. Indiana has won now Allen just one of its last sixteen Big Ten games. That uh, that's quite the streak for the Hoosiers. They won their opener this year against Illinois and have lost every game since. And they again for the second year in a row have quarterback questions. Maybe Dexter Williams, the second, will start uh, this game in East Lansing, but man, this is an Indiana team that is just sort of limping along against a Michigan state team. That's, that's back to 500. And has an opportunity to get bowl eligible, it's a 10 point favorite on Saturday.
3: Yeah. I, I think Michigan state has been a, an enigma to some extent, or maybe it is said the year that, uh, that they kind of settled back down to, I mean, it, that, uh, was a storyline for them, but Indiana is in shambles. It appears, um, Michigan State is one of the worst, excuse me, Indiana is one of the worst pass defenses in the Big Ten. I think he's getting up the most yardage in the league. And Peyton Thorne has been uh, good enough, and they, they may not have to throw for for 400 yards against Indiana to beat them soundly. And as you can see, it's got some motivation. I mean, they got to get a chance to get to a bowl. Uh, beating Illinois may have turned their season around a little bit, or it gives them a chance to do that, and they can end the season on a positive note. So I expect them to do that. And what will be? It's going to be cold in West Lafayette, but it's going to be really cold uh, up in East Lansing this weekend.
1: Uh, number two, Ohio State travels to to Maryland at 3.30 on Saturday. This felt like maybe it'd be a scary game for the Buckeyes. Doesn't really feel that way right now. Ohio State, a near four touchdown favorite against a Maryland team that it's probably good it got to six wins uh, already because, man, that was a real egg it laid against Penn State last weekend. Not really sure what happened to the Terrapins there, but Ohio State clearly with a a ton to play for before it uh, takes on Michigan next week.
3: Yes, uh, that's maybe the only thing that would scare you is looking ahead. Ohio State has injuries at running back. It's hard to know who's going to play that. But as I always have said, you put Ohio State's four-string running back Uh, at Purdue and he might and he might be the Boilermakers all-time leading rusher by the time he's done so uh, Ohio State has enough talent to get the job done Uh, their defense has been good enough really what the seventh or eighth best defense in the country right now Uh, Maryland can't protect its quarterback even though he is fleet Uh, I think Ohio State will get the job done in relatively uh, easy order.
1: As soon as the Purdue game is over, all eyes, at least around here, will turn to that four o'clock uh, kickoff in Minneapolis. Many Purdue fans, I'm sure, will be rowing the boat, hoping that PJ uh, <laughs> Fleck and company can defeat Iowa. The Gophers come in seven and three, Iowa six and four, though both teams, of course, tied in the Big Ten. And of course, Purdue needs an Iowa loss. Minnesota is a slight favorite, uh, two and a half points, basically getting the home three. The big question about the Gophers is, is Tanner Morgan and the status of the veteran quarterback. It sounds like that's going to be a game day type decision for the Gophers. So we will see if he does not go. It seems to me that changes the outlook a lot for that game between Iowa and Minnesota.
3: Well, Iowa is one of the few teams I can think of that can post 146 yards uh, in total offense and beat Wisconsin like it did. Um, you know, I, I I just have to have a feeling that uh, uh, don't, don't sleep on Iowa. If Tanner Morgan's not healthy, I think Iowa is going to win this game. Uh, we say it every week. It'll be a three to two type game, maybe, maybe. Okay. going to be cold up in the in in Minnesota as well Minnesota wins games when it runs for 170 yards running for 170 yards against Iowa is a tough thing to go to tough thing for uh, uh, the Gophers to achieve I would get I would guess so I kind of like even though not the the Purdue perspective but I just I think Iowa especially if Tanner Morgan doesn't play will find a way to win this game in a low scoring affair that's a big 10 roundup Let's go back
0: in time with a historical look. Here's Alan Karpik.
1: All right, Al, let's take a historical view at Purdue and Northwestern. The Boilermakers have dominated this series in general, but this is a wild one to me. Purdue has not won against Northwestern in ross Aid Stadium since 2007. That seems hard to believe.
3: It is hard to believe, and – you know, produced one, you know, one couple games up at, won the game in in Evanston, obviously, uh, uh, with uh, Dellinger's last second kick in twenty nineteen, won the game last year up at. Up at uh Wrigley Field, not in Evanston, but yeah, it's been very very bizarre. It's been the longest streak you know pretty used to really dominate has beaten Northwestern has its greatest serious advantage against the wildcats uh of any other team in the big ten so uh, it is interesting that uh, it's been a very, very long time since that's happened.
1: uh they will play on Saturday, as we heard from Lisa earlier in uh Less than ideal conditions from a temperature point of view. Uh, it's not going to be very warm in the 20s. Uh, Purdue has played some cold games before. The coldest game I could remember. You you know you look back at the 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 temperature and it it doesn't sound as cold as what it felt to me. But I was not wearing a shirt. I forgot to bring a <laughs> shirt uh, to the to the 2000 uh, bucket game, the the Rose Bowl clinching game. The stats that you look at on the box score tell you it was 38 degrees. It did not, Alan, feel like 38 degrees, uh, and of course it got it got cooler as that game went on. Um, and without a shirt, I don't, I don't think that helped matters a whole lot. But there have been other cold weather games that the uh, Boilermakers have been involved in at least uh, at least a little bit, right?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the last one, and I could be wrong on this one, and I remember it because we gave away Smokey the Bear trading cards. I was working in the athletic department. I was standing outside Purdue, Iowa, November 18th, 1989. The great Eric Hunter, the quarterback, uh, the te- game temperature at that one was 28 degrees. I don't remember many games that have started with temperatures in the 20s in yeah. ross Stadium, and, and it looks like it's going to be that way with that noon kick uh, it'll be in the in the 20s. I do remember the, some of the more famous ones, 1956. I don't remember that because I wasn't born, but good pictures of Len Dawson in his last game as a Boilermaker against Indiana in ross Aid Stadium. I think that game was actually in the teens. So uh, there haven't been, and I can remember some snow games down at IU. 1981 being one with snowballs being thrown uh, uh, on the Purdue at, at the Purdue t- players, and that game probably was in the high 20s. But again, a rarity to have games uh, a game uh, with te- with air temperature under 30 degrees, which is likely to happen at kickoff on Saturday. It
1: wasn't real warm last week. I think the
3: game time temperature in Champaign last week was
1: 34. That's right. Yeah, well, kick on.
3: But the, yeah, you yeah. know, wind
1: wind blowing about twenty miles an hour. It did not uh talking to some people who were there in the stands, it was not uh did not feel very warm last week. So maybe a a little bit of preparedness uh for the Boilermakers having played in the cold last week.
3: You know, that's really true. And the and the wind chill, I think, last year. Yeah, it was 34 degrees at kickoff. The wind, the feel like temperature was in the mid 20s at best. And you know how much we love weather here, so uh, we're spending <laughs> all this time talking about that. But yeah, no, I think that actually helps Purdue. You know, those games come down to will and whether yeah. you want want to really play or not. And, and one would think that that will be Purdue's advantage uh, come Senior Day. The Boilermakers will have motivation um, and a and a pretty good crowd. How many people show up will be interesting, but. Uh, you know, they're within a couple thousand of being sold out, and uh, that's a good thing uh, for senior day. Thanks, Al. All right, thanks, Kyle.
1: That's a historical view at Purdue and Northwestern. We'll take a break. Back with more. This is Golden Black Radio.
4: Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people,
1: passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com.
0: Broadcasting from Golden Black World Headquarters, north of Purdue's campus, this is the Golden Black Radio Pregame Show. All right, Tom,
1: let's talk some matchups and give our predictions as well for Purdue and Northwestern. Look, to me, it seems like uh, in the cold and ross uh Purdue's going to want to run the football here against a defense that's not very good at stopping the run. It seems like a pretty simple formula. Run the football. Uh, let Aiden O'Connell be efficient, similar to what he was uh, last week. Make the big throws when he needs to, as he did against the fighting Illini. I think if you do those things, you can sort of ground out like a you know a 30-10 to type win, maybe similar to what Minnesota really did. Last week, though the Gophers really didn't throw the ball at all. Purdue certainly will, will throw the ball, uh, but that seems like a pretty good formula to beating Northwestern.
2: Yeah, you're exactly right. No, no, no need to get fancy here, right? No need to go real deep in your playbook. I wouldn't think if you're Jeff Braun, you probably beat these guys with with ten plays if you execute them right and, and just don't beat yourself with silly mistakes. And and yeah, I think a heavy dose of Devin Mackaby. Is needed, there's no doubt about that, and I would suspect we're going to see that. And if, if that's working, we all know what that would do for the play action pass game of of Aiden O'Connell hitting, of course, Charlie Jones. We saw TJ Sheffield too last week, Kyle, I think step up, yeah. and I guess continue to sort of assert himself as that number two wide receiver behind number 15, Charlie Jones. And boy, it was good if you're a Purdue fantasy paying Durham, you know, have a big game. It seems like there's some there's some Saturdays he's a non factor. Maybe he gets forgotten about. But I tell you what, when, when they involve Payne Durham, boy, it seems like good things usually happen. And then certainly was the case last week in Champagne. So try to get him the ball to jump on this team early, Kyle. If there's any fight in them, take it out of them. See how much they want to be there. Punch them in the nose. Maybe they fold their 10 early.
1: Yeah, Purdue still hasn't started well uh, in the last few games. A good start against Northwestern would certainly go a long way. Uh, toward making a difference for the Boilermakers defensively. It had to be a good game last week in terms of, you know, getting some of the mojo back playing with some confidence, Um, you know, outside of that, that one drive, uh, the first drive for the fighting a line I produced defense really played uh pretty well. Um You like to see that again against a Northwestern team that really doesn't scare
2: you offensively. Yeah, there's no doubt. I mean, Chase Brown was a good back for, for Northwestern. Evan Hull is a good back, but, you know, just like Illinois, you, you make they try to make Tommy DeVito beat you, and Tommy DeVito can't beat you, and whoever's playing quarterback for Northwestern can't beat you. So obviously, you gang up to try to slow down Evan Hall, get him in second and eight, third and seven, and then make NU try to do something in the passing I don't think they're going to be able to do it, even though producer secondary has had its struggles. I don't think Northwestern can beat you passing the football. Again, they can get some traction running it. So again you gotta, you got to sit on the run game, and we know Purdue has had success against most run games this year, and I suspect that's going to be Ron English's M.O. on Saturday. All right, uh, what's your prediction? I've got Purdue 49, Northwestern 13. This is going to be like one of those 1980s Purdue-Northwestern matchups where <laughs> every time they rolled into West Lafayette, Kyle Purdue crushed them. And just a quick FYI, I, I can't believe this, but – Purdue has not beaten Northwestern in ross Stadium since 2007. They've won the last five trips here. Can you believe that?
1: Yeah, I, I, it's hard to believe. I mean, it, it, it just really is. And part of it is that the the, <laughs> the oddity of Northwestern playing well in even-numbered uh, years, aside from this year. <laughs> uh, so they, they've had good teams like in 2018 and – and all of that uh, when they have played at Ross Eight and, and bad teams in the odd years. Of course, this, this team here in 2022 is not very good, but uh, yeah, that is a, that is an odd stat to say the least. Um, I've got the Boilermakers uh, with a victory. I, I don't have it by as big a margin as what you do. I, I think 35 to 10 uh, somewhere in that neighborhood. I think the Boilermakers get an early lead and then just sort of lean in on it a little bit with the running game and, and mm-hmm. get out of Ross 8 as as quickly as possible. Uh, I, I just don't think Northwestern can put up much of a fight, nor do I feel like the Wildcats really want to. Um, so I think Purdue will uh, will get an early lead, build on that a little bit, and make it a pretty uh, pretty good yet cold afternoon in ross Aid Stadium. Thanks, Tom. Take care, buddy. All right, if you like the podcast, be sure to uh, rate us five stars. Leave us a comment as well. We do appreciate that. You can subscribe on your favorite podcast app by searching for gold and black radio. Thanks to our sponsors as well. And for Tom Deanhart and Alan Karpik, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is gold and black radio.